Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bonnie. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? Welcome back to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Bobby Jean and I are here and excited to talk to you about 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So, without further ado... You want to kick us off and read the first couple of verses? It's a really exciting couple of verses. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to read it. <laughs> it is actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you <laughs> of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning? And have been put out of your fellowship, the man who has been doing this? Yeah, unfortunately, this conversation is very relevant to us today. Because there are things, Mm -hmm. specifically sexual things, that are being accepted and celebrated today that have deviated from what is healthy, what is natural, what is biblical, what is good. Mm -hmm. And so not only is there acceptance, so there seems to be kind of a celebration like, hey, yeah. look what's happening here. And, mm-hmm. and it's not only like the world is accepting it and celebrating right. it. It's actually the church. inside. And so mm-hmm. Paul's saying, no, 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 this, this has to change. Mm-hmm. And so I, just like today, I feel like there's this push for acceptance of things that have deviated yeah. from, again, one man and one woman. And how do you identify? And going back to male, female in the Bible. And so... Wow, there might not be incestuous relationships, hopefully not, in our church community, in your church community. Um, the idea of accept, accepting and tolerating something that is not of God yeah. is here today. Yeah, for so sure. So we got to figure out like, how do we wrestle with this? So Paul's concern here, and he's going to unpack it in the next couple of verses, but Paul's concern is the integrity of the church. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want the church's character and integrity to be compromised because as it does, then again, Pandora's box is opened. Yep. And more and more things are accepted, and we are deviating farther and farther from God's truth. And oftentimes, you get to a point where then it all blows up in your face, and life is terrible. And you ask yourself, yeah. how did I get here? Like, what God, happened? God, where are you? Yeah. God, where are you at? And it was all these small decisions that led us to this point. And then one day, you wake up when the volcano erupts, and you're like, this isn't good. And it's and Paul's going to continue because he's worried about the integrity of the whole church. Yeah. So obviously, there's this relationship that's unhelpful that's going on. But one of the things that is shocking is when he says in verse 2, and you're proud. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then the community itself, would you not have gone into mourning? Yeah. And so what kind of what kind of integrity, what kind of community are we building and growing here as the church in Corinth when we've got divisive issues that we've talked about in the first few chapters happening? And now this like really pit, like pinnacle, poignant issue that, you know, they're kind of naming mm-hmm. names here. And it's exposing what's going on in the church. And yeah. Paul's saying, hey, we got to get back to, like, what kind of body are we? I, I'm fighting for the integrity of the church here. And so as we continue in these coming verses, you read what Paul's going to say, like, how do you handle this? Yeah. I want me to read it? Sure. All right. For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled and I am with you in spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh mm-hmm. so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Yeah. That's some intense language. That's really <laughs> intense language. And so I love why why Paul uses that language because he's kind of saying like, can we, let's save this man from damnation 
at the cost of maybe there's some embarrassment, like probably, you know, mm -hmm. that's going to be on display. But let's consider what's more important here when it comes to the man's soul. That's why there needs to be mourning. That's why there needs to be grieving when there's such kind of sinful stuff happening, which which, ha which happens yeah. inside the church. Yeah. And so really twofold, Paul is asking the church here, number one, to publicly denounce this. And it needs to be public. Yeah, why? Because that way, so believers then inside the church will be able to see and understand oh this is how we follow jesus this is the way that we walk these are the, these are the things we do or don't do but also hmm. the non-believer on the outside of the church yeah. will get clarity where there's been confusion where they see wait a second i thought you guys stood for this i thought you were about this i thought you were proud about this no 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 we're going to bring clarity and we're going to publicly denounce what's going on because this is not the way of jesus yes the, the church is a sacred place yeah like they are individual bodies he'll unpack this later in this letter but mm -hmm. our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, yeah. but also the body of Christ, the church community is a sacred and holy place. And so hmm. we have to be mindful of, of how we're living and how we're treating each other and yeah. what's acceptable. And, and then later on, he's going to say these things might be legal yeah. and permissible, but they're not beneficial. Mm -hmm. So we got to go back and do things the way of Christ. Yeah. And Paul's thinking is twofold. One, mm -hmm. he wants to save the man. He wants this man to not go to hell, right? And he wants him to be saved. And so, if there are fleshly desires, we need to learn sure. how to fight those fleshly yeah. desires, and walk in the spirit in the way of Jesus. And mm -hmm. then the second reason is that he wants to protect again the church, yeah. Saying, "Hey, like flock, we need the shepherd to call out what is true, mm -hmm. and here's the the boundaries and the guidelines for for following Jesus." Yeah. And anytime there are guardrails put in place, it's not because God doesn't want to have fun or doesn't yeah. want you to enjoy life. Like guardrails on the side of a road are there so you don't drive off the road. Right. He, he says, I want you to live. Love. I want you to flourish. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I love you, here's how you need to conduct yourself. Yeah. And we've used this analogy in the past, but if God makes a machine and he gives you the lever, and he says, in order for the machine to work, right. you need to pull the lever pull the lever and if we go yeah forget you i'm gonna push the lever right you don't pull. know yeah yeah instead of pulling we're pushing 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 what's gonna happen right the machine's gonna break that's not how it was intended that's to be not used. how it was intended to be used yeah. and so there's that um what's the story from joshua you were bringing that up oh yeah we were talking about this earlier in joshua 7 one of the reasons why i think paul is doing this uh israel god's people mm -hmm. are going through the promised land gaining ground and they're going up against tons of pagan uh, cultures yeah. that are doing all kinds of evil things where there's men with men and women with women and mm -hmm. polyamory, which is like, you know, polygamy, one person with many people, children are being offered as sacrifices, blood's being drank, all kinds of just sick stuff. And as they're destroying these people, God's trying to purify that, like to saying, Hey, we don't want to have to, anything to do with these things. Right. Don't even touch their silver and gold because it's all tainted. Mm hmm. Well, as long as they follow God, hmm. anytime they go into battle, the, the hand of the Lord's with them. Right. And they're victorious. But this guy named Achan snuck some gold and silver. And he right. brought it home in his bag and he buried it under his tent. Mm -hmm. So get this. The next day, God's people are going out to battle. And they get whooped. And some of their people die. Mm. And up to this point, no one's died. Right. They've been winning because they've been faithful and being obedient. Mm -hmm. So they come back and they're confused. Like, did God, you just back, you know, just Go right. out the Where back door you? on us. Yeah. Where are you at? Mm -hmm. And the word of the Lord came to the leaders like someone among you has done something detestable, so something that yeah. you shouldn't have done. And so what happens, they eventually mm. have to go figure out Aiken. They find out it's him and, and he, him and his family are punished. Um, 
but the, the thinking of like, I can do what I want with my life and it doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah. Is a huge lie. Mm-hmm. The way that you and I live our life and conduct ourselves, it, it greatly influences your roommates, your spouse, your children, the people close to your best friends. Uh, there's a small group at church where a young man had made some decisions and is not with us. And that's changed the dynamic yeah. of our group. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, what, what we do and how we conduct ourselves does greatly influence everybody around us. Right. Yeah. I think you see that on the positive, like you see where you're so greatly impacted by whether it's the whole church body or like you said, your small group. And so when we see this in a, in a maybe a, a way that's tougher too, that's, that's the picture also though, is that we have, you know, accountability. We have people stepping in saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is what you're doing and this is what it's doing to all of us. And so that's kind of like the beauty of walking in community and why it's so necessary, right? Is because we do, we do. I mean, that's part of who we are as image bearers is that we need, and we, we live in community. And so Paul continues to kind of go from the the physicality of the sin to like the heart of the sin in the coming verses. I'll go ahead and read them. Your boasting is not good. Do you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so Paul is going all the way back to the book of Exodus Mm -hmm. and he's bringing up the story of them leaving and then being saved. And, you know, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and what they did specifically with the meal that night. And if you, remember the meal was very distinct from mm-hmm. you know the, the timing and the spices and all that and one major key was the unleavened bread yeah and paul's reflecting on that calling back to that saying remember that time and remember what was going on and the calling was for distinction the calling was we are not going to prepare things we're not going to live the way like you were saying these other pagan cultures live but you're going to be a distinct people in such a way that even the food that you eat and the way that you prepare it is going to be different yeah and why is he bringing that up yeah yeah if you just think about food that that we even have in our own home if you go to grab your apple and you notice that there's some mold on the apple uh, the white fuzzy stuff's kind of moving all, <laughs> yeah. all over it. That never happens to us. Never. We never. <laughs> well, just the, the apples I find under the couch and the That's fireplace the under yeah. my bed that my kids put there. Um, you don't <laughs> just cut off the mold and then eat the rest of the apple. Yeah. At least I don't. I think that's disgusting. The whole thing's <laughs> contaminated. And you're like, we're getting rid of this apple because it's gross. Mm-hmm. And you toss the thing into the composter, the trash can, or whatever it is. You, you got to get rid of it. Yeah. And so what he's saying here is... A little bit of mold and a little bit of infection is going to spread and, af- and affect the entire entity, mm-hmm. the entire person, the entire family, yeah. the entire team, the entire church. And so he's saying, hey, you need to do a good job of being mindful and yeah. saying, hey, here's where we need to draw a line. And, and here's yeah. why. Because as a we were kind of talking about that as community. So you have this instance that's happened, but now we have kind of an arrogance and a pride that's kind of swollen up, kind of like a leavened bread around yeah. them. And Paul's just reminding them, even though yeast or even though maybe a little bit of pride or even turning your eye a little mm. bit from this kind of sin that's happening in our community might seem like the acceptable thing to do, it's not. Yeah. Because a little bit of mold ruins all of the fruit. A little bit of yeast that's bad ruins all of the bread it goes through the entire loaf of dough so be mindful that even these 
like seemingly, you know, small sins or the the small issue or this issue that I don't want to pay attention to. I think that that's so relevant today, um, right now in our culture. So, because not only is this an inspired text, this is also instructing us. This is saying, hey, when things come up in your small group, within your home, and inside the church, don't turn away, lean in, don't lean out, lean in. Mm. And that's what Paul's reminding them to do with the issue of the sexual morality, but with the issue of pride and arrogance that's going on too. Yeah. And so here are the last couple of verses from this chapter. Paul says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. So what he's saying here is they've already corresponded. And what we have as, as one Corinthians or first Corinthians is actually probably a second letter that had been written, mm. and we just don't have access to the first one. Maybe in heaven we'll figure out what that says. So they've already talked about this a little right. bit. So Paul said, don't associate with sexually immoral people, not all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or in swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave the world. What he's saying here is the world's got different standards mm-hmm. than the believer. Mm-hmm. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a Christian, a brother or a sister, and who is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer or a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine to judge those who are outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge the outside. Expel the wicked person from among you. That's huge. I feel like that distinction really needs to be talked about. Yeah. Just looking at verse 9, again, Paul's talking how we've Mm -hmm. already talked about this issue. In verses 10 and 11, Mm -hmm. what he's explaining to us is you don't expect... Uh, the public school or the Fortune 500 company or government to have the same standards that the Christian should have. Right. He's like, the the worldly people are going to have a different standard and there's going to be all kinds of immorality there. And we should expect that. Yeah. Expect, don't yeah. accept it, just expect it. Mm-hmm. And as you expect it, don't compromise your bar, your integrity, your character for what is good and yeah. noble and true and godly. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, you have to live by the standard that Jesus Christ has set before you. And so when you read yeah. this, in the context of the Bible, you should have some of Jesus' words coming to your mind right now, where Jesus says, deal with the plank in your own eye, right? Right Before you look at the speck of sawdust in somebody else's eye. That's from Matthew 7. Mm-hmm. And so there, it's like, okay, before I, you know, I'm going to look at everybody else. Inside the church. Yeah, inside yeah. the church. You're saying, I got to first deal with my own sin. Right. And then... As I, as I walk humbly and in right. repentance, it is actually an act of love for me to look at my brothers and sisters. And yes. if I see them straying away, to, to, to kindly bring up, hey, let's come back to the way of Jesus. Right. And so there's another author, preacher, who has this line mm-hmm. in verse 12 where yeah. you judge the believing, not the heathen. Right. You judge the believer, not the heathen. Well, I like, I think also what's key there is continuing to look at our, our own self and our own sin, because so often this chapter can come up and it seems like it's kind of a witch hunt where it's like, hey, these people are doing something. We got to get them out. Yeah. And some of the language is really strong. But the reality that's going on there is this is one of those necessary conversations that especially if we have been reminded, we've reminded yeah. ourselves with how the father has treated us in our own sin, then as we treat each other, then that should be in the back of our minds. And so it's not a witch hunt, but it is a necessary conversation that needs to happen because of us Hmm. being holy and blameless, us being the bride of Christ together as a community. And so I think it's super relevant today because one of the things that's so difficult, like we're talking about things that are really glaringly obvious. It's like, hey, you know, we shouldn't, we should avoid that or this. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that have just been quietly accepted that 
are Ooh. sinful in the church that we haven't had conversations about. Maybe it's, you know, it's more socially, um, not maybe, it's definitely more acceptable to have, you know, oh, one too many drinks or yeah. like there now the, there's conversations too that are kind of floating around about smoking, um, smoking marijuana also. And like, what does that look like in the church community? And because we haven't addressed some of these issues or because maybe we've turned an eye, like Paul said, now there's these bigger issues and it's kind of coming to more of a head. Yeah. And so that makes it um, all the more pertinent that we lean in mm -hmm. when these things come up in our own life, um, in the lives of our family, within our marriage, but then definitely within the church yeah. too. And so it expands beyond the, the sexual sins. Uh, however, sins, sexual sins, they're, they're different levels of consequences. To Paul makes sins. that really distinct. He makes that very distinct yeah. and clear. Yet he's talking about greed. He's talking about slanders yeah. and gossip. So th there are all these things that we have to be mindful of as you're following the Lord. And when we deal with them on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, on a day-to-day -day basis, you avoid the volcano effect. Sure. Where everything builds up and then, yep. and it's like, okay. So we walk humbly, looking at ourselves, yep. being really gentle and kind and honest with those around us. Yep. Um, the world's got a different set of standards, but we focus on the way of Jesus for those who claim to follow Jesus. So, Amen. 1 Corinthians 5. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll be back soon with 1 Corinthians chapter 6. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.